This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have Buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. It's the Wolf of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. Welcome to the Draft Act NBA Draft Show. My name is Corey Tulliba, and uh, I am not joined today by Albert Garbage Time Gim. Instead, we have a special fill-in co-host. It is the conductor of chaos of no ceilings himself, Mr. Tyler Rucker. Tyler, what's cracking, dude? Anytime I get the uh, the call to pinch hit or come off the bench for Albert, you know I'll be there running. So I'm, I'm doing good, you know, middle of the week. Anytime I uh, see the draft act beacon up in the sky like Batman, I, I'm ready to roll. So let's party. How are we doing, Corey? How's the week going? The week is going well. Happy to have, you know, the super six man Jordan Poole coming off the bench. Is he going to, you know, go for, for 35 tonight? Is it going to be two for 11? No one knows. That's the fun of doing this live. Uh, but we're happy to, to have you. Cause it's been a minute since we got to actually like break down some NBA draft prospects. And today I am really excited because I feel like there's a guy who's been slipping through the cracks and you know, I've been the guy who tries to keep, prospects draft stock updated and give an overall bigger picture so we're not all living in you know the the espn bubble or even our own no ceilings bubble i want the the big picture and there's just somebody who i know we both have been paying attention to and he's just been slipping through the cracks and i'm talking about mr jalen hood scafino indiana point guard guard, combo guard, whatever you want to call him. He is uh, a 19-year-old freshman right now. He'll be 20 years old on draft night. Listed at 6'6", 215. I saw a reported plus four, uh, four wingspan. We'll see about, you know, some of that kind of stuff at the actual draft combine because, you know, it's just a website throwing out a number. Don't know where they got it from, but I saw it, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it on the air. Um, Mr. Hood Scafino is playing 30 minutes per game, averaging 13.4 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 3.3 turnovers, 1.1 steal, has not yet recorded a block. He is shooting 45.6% from the field, 47.7% from way downtown, and 70.3% from the free throw line. True shooting percentage of 56.5%. Now, preseason, Jalen Hood Scafino's draft stock, um, was at 57 on ESPN. SB Nation did not have him ranked in their top 30. Basketball News had him at 29. The Athletic had him at 30. Tankathon didn't have him ranked. We had him at 18 at no ceiling. Sports Illustrated did not have him ranked. That was an average price of 38.4. He came in at number 38 on the top 40 draft deck IPO. However, he went unranked on the latest draft rankings that we did last week for NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's free. You can subscribe. You'll get everything delivered directly to your inbox every Monday through Friday. But currently, ESPN, not in their top 100. The Athletic has him at 53. Tankathon does not have him ranked. Basketball News does not have him ranked. Bleacher Report did not have him ranked. Sports Illustrated did not have him ranked at no ceilings. He had dropped to number 23. Doesn't even have an average stock price right now. So I usually ask from here, is Jalen Hood Scafino stock price too high, too low, or is it just right? But instead, I'm going to pivot here. And Tyler, I'm going to ask you, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> For everyone listening, I feel like 
the major reason I wanted to do this was he told me, Hey, we're going to talk about Jalen. And I was like, Oh, I'm there. Like, I, I don't, I don't get this at all. Um, you know, I've thrown a couple tweets on, on social media, just talking about how impressed I've been with his game this year and got off to a slow start, um, was getting some preseason buzz. And then I got off to a slow start and I feel like everyone was like, Oh, okay. Automatically he's going to be a guy that isn't a one and done. But then you you look at the splits throughout the year. I mean, the, the numbers sound great. And then you look at the splits, and they're absolutely ridiculous um, because of you have to understand the situation that's going on. And um, his first six games, he was averaging 26 minutes, 7, 4, 4, and 1 on shooting splits of 33, 25, 63. Not great. Not I completely get it. Not the best. And then this happens. Um, you know, the last six games, 33 minutes. 19, 4, 4, and 2, are in 4 and 1, excuse me, shooting splits of 54, 60, 73. And the big thing to realize for everyone out there is, you know, Indiana goes into Kansas. They got worked. Xavier Johnson went down with an injury. Um, it was a big, big part of their backcourt. And from that game on, Jalen's averaging 22, 3, and 5 on 62, 65, 70. Field goal attempts are up by a lot. I mean, it, and just watching him on the court, I think he's, I don't know. I f- I'm telling you, Corey, I feel like Mugatu in Zoolander. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This is absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, what? what is, what's dude's, going on? Look, dude's been on a heater. And if the hangover ta- taught me anything, you never leave a heater. Never. You never leave it. Now, I was reading uh, an interview in the preseason because I think maybe some of these sites are hearing some intel. Like maybe they think that he's a multi-year guy. But I was reading this this piece, this interview with uh, Trace Jackson Davis, and he was like, "I hope you guys don't, you know, get used to this guy because I think he's gone after this year." Like he was like, "This dude is really good. Like he's gonna. I think he's a one and done." Yeah. I mean, you know, he's probably that's his boy. He probably has a little, you know, bit of inside information there himself. And if if he's going to inevitably tail off the shooting percentages a little bit, they're going to, you know, caper off slowly and, and even out. But even if they do that a little bit, this dude is going to get drafted. He has everything you want out of a guard. And it's not like he's just some guy who has come out of nowhere. Like he was the starting point guard for Montverde Academy playing with Derek and Dylan Mitchell and guys like that. Like this is a real deal prospect playing in a real conference, putting up real numbers now. So I, I, I'm confused as to why everyone's just out. I feel like, you know, people are going to very soon take a look and be like, oh, this is happening. I, okay, I got to recalibrate this. But even just the that precipitous drop, I think, has shocked all of us. Because I know a, a lot of us were high on him coming into the year. And I, I know we, we threw it in the group chat the other day. We had never wavered. And you were like, yeah, I, I think I have this. I, I still have him top 20. And I was like, yeah, I still have him top 15. And this is like in the midst of before he even dropped that 30 piece which he had recently. So like, I think we see the vision. I think people are going to start seeing the vision. Cause this kid is really good. I know we both went to see him live. Um, and that didn't happen for us. Cause he was out with that back stuff. So to be fair, back stuff is scary, you know, especially from young guys that that stuff that, you know, if that lingers throughout your career, you're going to be in and out of the lineup. Maybe it's tough to find a groove, but you know, we'll see how that bothers him throughout the rest of the year. Maybe it was just a one-time thing, but I'm thinking that his draft stock is about to explode in a big way and maybe catch up to where we're at because I I, I truly believe that this dude has some serious, serious potential based on how this league is trending. And we saw that at Montverde. When we were doing this his, his preseason tape, we were like, yo, Hootscafino's good. This, you know, it's not shocking to us that he's doing this. But I'm going to throw a question at you real quick. Yep. And I usually do this because this is where I'm at. And I want to see where you're at. Okay. If you had $10 to invest in Jalen Hood Scafino, Anthony Black, and Kaysen Wallace, 
Oh, How are you spending your ten dollars? Um. Ooh, this is good. This is yeah. good. Okay. I know it is. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna give Case in four. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be surprised by these next two numbers. Um, I'm gonna give Jalen four, and I'm gonna give Anthony Black two. And it is, I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I all, I think they're all very unique. I think they all have a little bit of different skill set, if you want to put it that way. Like they're all guards. They all can make the right read. They can all be a huge impact on the court. I love Cason Wallace. I'm, I think he's Drew Holiday 2.0. I just love the way he plays the game. The shooting splits this year have been outstanding until the last two games, but he just plays. He looks like he's going to be a pest. He looks like a guy that's going to play a really long time. Uh, Anthony Black, absolutely love. I think he's got size. He's got that playmaking ability. I think there's potential for the rest of the game to come around. But, you know, I, I talked about it this morning a little bit in the group chat. I was like, Jalen's reaching a conversation that's going to be a little rude for a lot of people. It's going to be a rude awakening because there is a lot of skills at 6'6". He is smooth. He's calm. He's he makes you play to his speed and he is always under control out there. Now, I mean, he's had some high games where it's some turnover stuff, but I, I think you watch that Iowa game. Um, I mean, you watch that game alone. You're like, this is a lottery guy. Yeah. And then he's been doing that throughout the year. He's been showing flashes. Now it's becoming more consistent because he's getting the confidence. And I'm like you, I, I, I'm shocked that there hasn't been more buzz, but I think, this is the start of Intel season. When you start seeing that stuff, you're like, something's up. Well, what's going on? And then you start mm-hmm. asking around. And if you don't get a a clear answer, you're going to be like, what the, what the hell are we doing here? You know, right. and, and yeah. I'm just the, the back thing. I'm right there with you. If, if that's a serious issue, I understand why he isn't getting more national buzz. But if that's not, then I'm going to be like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> what, yeah. what did he do to you guys? Look, the, I mean, the back stuff's scary, but that was the same kind of thing that happened with Michael Porter Jr. Right. And I think there are a lot of teams that regret passing on him for this back injury and not just taking that shot um, because, you know, it's something that he has dealt with through his career, right? But when that dude plays, he looks like he is going to be a valuable piece on a title contending nuggets team. So I, I think maybe that could be overblown, especially cause it's not like he had surgery and he's, he's looking and moving well out there right now. I would spend $5 on hood Scafino in this scenario. I would spend three on Kaysen and two on Anthony black. And those two could flip flop for me based on what hour and time of the day that you're speaking with me. Um, I have them back to back on my, uh, latest board and you know they're they're giving me headaches because i i love them both and um there are things about them both that you know confound me and really make me think but jalen is a guy who i i'm willing to stick my neck out on because i just i think he's got an nba game and and we'll get into that i think a good place to start is going to be some of the shooting, because I think that was the question mark coming in to the year. I think people believed in the mid range shot, but were cautious about him as a three point shooter, which is something, you know, he kind of struggled with uh, percentage wise in high school. But for me, you know, for people who listen to this show, you know, I'm a form guy. I buy into the form with young prospects and I thought that he was going to be able to extend that that mid-range form out because it, it looks nice. It's solid. It went in at a good clip. And he has extended that out. Now, here is something about his three-point shooting that I think is really encouraging. 57% assisted. So that's a lot of self-creation, off-the-bounce stuff. And when you got a guy who, you know, when we get into the other parts of his game, but is also able to knock down self-created outside shots. And again, he's shooting 47% from three right now. Those numbers will level out. But if he ends at 37, 38%, that is a real deal number. He punishes unders. He could shoot it off the catch. 
I don't think he's flying around the court like J.J. Redick or anything, but, you know, you want to give him a DHO, a pitch, something like that, I think he can let it fly. Uh, you know, sometimes he doesn't, like, step into it or hop into it. Maybe he shoots it a little flat, but smooth, high-arcing stroke. Like I said, I think he's a killer in that mid-range area, which is going to open up some of the lit, you know parts of his game that we'll talk about later. I, there's no shock for me that it's, it's carried over. Um, maybe at this percentage, it's a little shocking. But again, I think it's all going to even out. Are you shocked at all that he's actually knocking down these three-point shots in college? No. Um, I, I'm right. I mean, you're the, the shot doctor. We all come to you, but I feel like I, I know my stuff when I can see some form and be like, okay, it looks solid. And, and he just looks always smooth and under control. And I never feel like he's rushed. And I feel like, you know, it, it's funny how you say that he picks apart people with getting to his spots. Like he, mm -hmm. he will, he'll dare you to be like, what do you want to give me? And then the moment he finds a, a, a light to just go attack it, he's like, okay, you want to give me the elbow jumper? Fine. That's exactly what I want to take. Like it, it just seems like he's always under control and he he's a move ahead in a weird way where of just being like, let me go find mm -hmm. my spots. And if not, someone's going to be open. And um, he, he's just a, it's real good timing with everything when it comes to his shot selection at times. Like I, I just feel like it's usually under control and in rhythm and it's not a guy chasing his shots unless he's like, no, oh, I hit a couple. Here we go. Like, yeah, that's fine. And um, I go back to the Iowa game. You just, he's hitting off the bounce. He's hitting step backs. He's hitting everything from deep. And it just looks like a guy that is surging with confidence right now. And that's what you can see from the per percentage spike. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and, and sometimes that's what you need as a shooter. Like, uh, I think Dylan Mitchell actually has pretty good form. Yeah. I think the shot looks good. He's got no confidence to shoot it. Right. Right. Um, at times Amen Thompson, whose form I don't love. He also at times doesn't have the confidence to shoot it. And it almost seems like he's being dared. Whereas Cam Whitmore, whose form I also have some issues with, and he's, you know, shooting right around the 30% mark. He's a guy who is confidently letting it fly. So sometimes just the confidence to shoot it is an important thing and getting it up at volume. Hutzkafino from behind the arc has proven he could do that. And he's proven that he's willing to do it when he's covered, when they're playing off of him, off the bounce, off the catch, all of that. I love that so, so much because I think that shot is going to make him a, a playmaking problem in the NBA. If if I'm going down the list and I'm like, who are the best you know playmakers from the guard position in this class? I think he's got to be up there. And it's not that there, you know, I don't think there are a ton of guys in this class who are like really insane playmakers. Like obviously, Amen is a, a fantastic playmaker. Uh, if you think he's going to be a point guard, Asar is a good playmaker, but he's more of a wing. Scoot obviously has been phenomenal in that regard. But then you're getting into the Case and Wallaces, who you know makes the right decision, moves the ball, but you're not you're not writing uh, about him as a playmaker. Sasser is more of a scorer. Turquavion Smith is more of a scorer. Anthony Black is, I think, the other guy in that conversation. Um, but he almost feels kind of like a Lonzo Ball connector rather than a half court dissect you kind of guy. I think Hudskafino is a guy who's going to be able to dissect you a little bit. And, and if he's knocking down those threes, it's going to allow him to get into that elbow action and he's going to, you know, get you on his hip and just pick you apart with NBA spacing. I mean, you talked about the Iowa game, some of the passes he was making in that, in that game, man. And he does the thing where he looks you off. Like he'll, he'll look at the guy on the wing and just throw a bullet to the guy underneath the rim. And that's the shit that gets my juices flowing that I'm yes. like, Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right the, th that's the special sauce. So turn the lights off. Like, you know, leave me alone for a couple of minutes, guys. That's, that's when you start playing careless whisper in the background, but I'm right there with you. When you, when you know, when you're feeling it as a playmaker, as a passer and the game's just slowing down and you're looking guys, you're looking defenders off, you're, you're selling secondary defenders with just where you're trying to, you know, just your eyes. Like that's when you're really cooking with some stuff that I'm like, okay, you're playing at a different speed right now. And, you know, like you said, he played at Montverde. So he's, he's been through the gauntlet. He knows what to, it takes to be 
working on your game all day, be a pro. Um, I think I even saw a quote that he referenced, you know, Montverde, we're playing, we're practicing three hours a day. Like I get to college, it's the same exact thing. It's just, we're in college now. And I think it's a guy that, you know, he spent time, I think training with guys like Paul George and, he's going to know what it takes to be a pro. And, and I'm just shocked that he's not getting a little bit more love because as you're talking about it, I mean, him, Keontae, um, those are two guys that have just really wowed me with playmaking in this class that I'm like, Whoa, okay. There's something serious here. And, and Jalen's now doing it with picking you apart. Like you're saying, Corey, like yeah. now he's doing it where he's like, I can, dissect you this way or if you play off of me to try to stop or i can pull you apart and hit you with a step back and hit you he's got three level scoring now i mean he's just becoming dangerous and um if we're talking about a six six combo guard that somehow finishes the year with 15 points per game and shooting splits of 40 40 i mean that's a lottery guy to me. I mean, yeah. he's just oozing with upside and I just love his basketball IQ and his floor awareness. I think he's got the package. Yeah. It's funny. Cause Keontae, I think has been the guy who's impressed most people because I think expectations were really low yes. as far as playmaking. I, when we did our preseason episode, um, Albert and I, you know, we kind of talked about like, we don't think Keontae is a bad passer. We just think he's like a move off the ball kind of guy. Like he makes quick decisions, but he's not like hitting the weak side corner and this and that. And then now, you know, he's doing something um, that Jalen's also doing where you're, I'm just really impressed with his timing and ball placement. You know, if, if he's trying to get the ball to a big, you know, he's not passing it necessarily to his chest. If somebody is fronting him on the left block, right? He's throwing it more to, you know, the upper quadrant of the right side of the rim so that he's taking the defender out of the play and the big can just go up. Jalen's doing that kind of stuff too, you know, on entry passes when, when TJD has got somebody on the block, like who I, there might not be another guard in this class. I want giving him an entry pass you know, more so than Jalen hood Scafino. but where the difference is with me personally and how I feel. And I think, you know, everybody at no ceilings knows how big of a fan of Keontae George's game. I am the difference between Keontae as a playmaker. And I think Jalen hood Scafino as a playmaker is that I look at Keontae in more of a secondary playmaking role where I don't have to rely on him night in night out to run my offense. He's a guy who's, you know, going to, look to score the ball when he's on it, but he, he's capable of making the next read um, when guys load up, but also is going to be a guy you want playing with a primary playmaker and running off uh, the ball and, and flying off screens and pin downs and coming through elevators and, you know, serving as a multi kind of level offensive threat. I think Jalen Huskafino has the capacity in him in the long term to be a guy who can dice you up as a primary ball handler and you want running your offense and trust is going to make good decisions and make all those reads. And yeah, because of, you know, his, him connecting on these shots, he is going to be able to serve off the ball off of, you know, maybe a superstar player that he's playing with, but you trust him a little bit more to also run your offense, settle stuff down. That to me is the difference between those guys. And that's, what's so intriguing about Jalen hoods, Cofino, because you, you're getting that in a package of a guy who's six, five, six, six, who's strong. He's listed at two fifteen. You look at his shoulders. He's, I mean, he's already built. He's just a, a really intriguing, intriguing playmaker. And you know, one of the things I love about him and you, you touched on it really quickly. The dude doesn't get sped up. He plays at his pace. And sometimes I think that evaluators and scouts and, you know, just casual fans, they mistake that for like a lack of athleticism when in reality, it's just a guy who knows he doesn't have to go a hundred miles an hour because he has the, the, the understanding and feel to kind of know what is needed in the offense. And instead of just go, 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 you're like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to get to my spot. I'm going to come off the screen and get you on the hip and put you in jail, you know, get low to the ground. When I come up, the the big is going to come up to me because they want to stop that little mid-range shot. And up oh, that now I got a little drop off to Trace Jackson Davis at the rim. And both of those guys play at such an excellent pace that you know they don't they they don't have to go fast. And that's what I see from Huskafino. And I think when you look at the best playmakers in the league, that's what you see with that's the common denominator. 
it's not guys who are going balls to the wall because most guys can't do that. Of course, you have your outliers, right? When Amen gets to the league, he's going to be able to to just beat you with his first step and force guys to like have to hustle out of position because it's going to be really hard to keep up with him, and that's going to be able to... But a guy like Josh Giddy, he's not blowing by you with his first step. He just knows exactly where the ball needs to go and how it can get there. And he doesn't have to get sped up. Obviously, you know, Luca's a different beast. LeBron's a different beast. But there's just a lot of guys with this playmaking feel that don't have the athleticism. But because they have plus positional size, they're able to use that to be patient and play at their own speed. And that's probably my favorite part of his game is how I know if I put my coaching hat on, this is a guy I know is just going to keep the offense flowing and humming along. And I'm not going to hit that gas pedal and the engine's just going to collapse out of the car. I know he's going to be able to, to slowly get us up to the speed we need to go. And we're going to eventually get there. He's going to be low maintenance. And that's what you're starting to see right now when he's getting this extended run. Um, and I'm right there with you. I think I did a show with uh, Nick um, on the deep dives pod for, for no ceilings. And he had a good analogy. We were talking about guards playing with elite speed and we were talking about like De'Aaron Fox. And it's like, yeah, Fox is a blur. He's got elite speed and it's always really exciting to get those guys. Like we were talking about a Thompson, like a going to have some fast breaks in at the next level where he's going to just blow by everyone. Cause he's so damn quick, but Nick put it great. He he compared it to baseball. And he's like, if you're trying to hit off a pitcher and a pitcher throws a hundred miles an hour, you know, 20 times in a row, eventually you're going to figure out how to time that. Right. But it is, and I agree with this. It is so much more dangerous. If you don't have that elite speed, but you can play like a sports car with change of gears and you've got six different gears that you know how to sell people on your hesitations and going from first to third gear and then back down and, then that's exactly what Jalen shows he can do. And he also understands how to use his body and not to rush it. He's got the handles. He's smooth. And I, I just cannot stress it enough. He's so poised. He he makes everyone come down to his speed. And he knows when he needs to hit that quick little burst to get that extra separation. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. I was like, why is this guy reminding me of someone? And then I was like, offensively only. I'm only talking about that. Well, we're not but, at our comp, so let's, let's, okay, let's, okay, let's okay, say okay. it. Let's say you're speeding ahead. All right, all right, all right. I was comparing him to a, a guy who got drafted last year, but we'll wait. Okay. We'll, I'll tease we're we're going to wait. Okay. Okay. Tease that. That's, right. a, that's what all we call right. a teaser in the bit. <laughs> we call that a teaser. Uh, before we, we move on to other aspects of his game, I want to shout out everybody watching live on YouTube. Shout yes. out to our guy, Pee Wee to Plug, and uh, the Through the Wire guys. Make sure you're watching uh, Pierre's NBA Weekly and his his rebuilds. Um, shout out to, uh, see if I can pronounce this right, Zvex. Um, he, Rucker, says that the newsletter, uh, the newsletter title today was wild, referring to your big Grady Dick energy piece that uh, you released this morning on NoSeelingsNBA.com, which is uh, our website that you could subscri- uh, subscribe to for free, uh, where you wrote up about Grady Dick and uh, his not only his shooting, but but the rest of of his game. Um, yeah, we had we had some good candidates there. Um, unfortunately, I, I went with that one, but I think you you don't know Dick was also in the running. But I, I figured you know that was that was the right call. You know, I couldn't. I was going to get banned. Shout out to Elon Musk and Twitter as well. They gave us a um, sensitive content warning because mm-hmm. of the Grady Dick name usage in my title. So I really appreciate that. It was <laughs> I'm, I laughed for a good ten minutes. So you know. But thank you very much for that shout out. Also, shout out Pee Wee. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, he's uh, that's his name. You know, don't yeah, good, good we don't guy. need to be banned for just calling a guy what it is. All right, let's talk about uh, his finishing a little bit because I'm like that's like offensively because the turnovers, you know, three a game. I think sometimes he he sees things that other guys don't see. He might try to you know. Uh, fling a ball into a tight space and maybe a guy's not ready. And maybe sometimes he's just being over ambitious, but it's not anything I'm really truly worried about with him because I think it's all like the turnovers are good turnovers. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, agree. like uh, it, it, they're aggressive. He's figuring himself out and he's figuring his teammates out. And I think some of the turnovers won't be turnovers in the NBA as long as, you know, he doesn't go to like a disaster team like uh, the Houston Rockets, where everything is just chaos on a nightly basis. Although he could probably help them kind of rein that in a little bit and, and bring oh, some stability. He'd be fantastic <laughs> um, there. But the finishing, I'm not like concerned about it. Um, but he's Let's 53% let, he, at the rim. Okay, and, well, you vent to me. Vent to me because I could see there's some demons right there. You you got a little bit of a uh, some stuff in your head you need to let out. So only you know, some, oh, well, only some, only some. Um, <laughs> because one, I I think he needs to do a better job of going into contact. Okay, he has the frame for it, and sometimes I think. Uh, you know, he's a little bit afraid to just like go through a guy, you know, bring him. We, we talked about Keontae and him as passers. Keontae's a guy that will just go through your chest. Like he's, he's attacking a closeout and he is going right into your body and finishing through. I don't necessarily see that with Jalen. And he's a guy who's strong as all hell and has good size. Like I want to see him do that. And the worst case you, you get a, you know, get to the free throw line. Right. And he's a, a decent enough free throw shooter. Uh, I don't, his touch isn't like great on like at the rim stuff. I think he's got pretty good touch on floaters, although he hasn't really gotten to a ton of them this year because he's a guy who does have that mid range pull up to his bag, which I love that he can kind of get to both of those things. The touch, I don't think is super awesome. Now, on the positive, I think he's something like 90 something percent uh, self created on at rim attempts. It's not like he's reliant on other people creating his stuff so he can get there himself. And I think that eventually if you can move him off ball a little bit, like, I mean, TJD is a phenomenal passer. If we can get some backdoor kind of actions, like get him in a horn set and then get a, just some easy stuff at the rim uh, a couple of times a game. I think that would be great. Now I, it's also not like Amen Thompson where you probably look at his at the rim percentage and it's super inflated because of transition stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at finishing wise. I'm not concerned, but if there's one thing I think that I would love to see improvement on throughout the rest of the course of the year, maybe if he finishes at like 58% at the rim, that would be super dope for me. Okay. So we're not overly concerned. We're not getting like a, a group of therapists to calm you down. I thought no, we were no, 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 no. Everyone was about to call this the Brandon Miller hour, but we're not there yet. So it's okay. We're, uh, we're not there yet. Yeah. We're, I'm not, I, I don't even think I was there with Brandon Miller to be completely honest. Cause you know, it's super yeah. early when that was happening. I wasn't there either. I think it was like eight games into the year and I was like, Hey, can we calm down? I haven't even gotten a cup of coffee yet in this season, but it's okay. Cause we're here. We're having fun. We're having fun. But it's a good point you bring up because that's definitely an area I feel um, is the next step for Jalen. And, and, you know, how quickly he's turned the corner, if you want to put it that way, of like, okay, all of a sudden I've found my groove and now we're we're cooking. Now you want to see, it's like, okay, what can you add? What what are you else you're going to figure out? Because he's still figuring out the speed of everything. You know, he had that injury um, after a slow start, missed a couple games. But even when I went to go see him, he was on the on the floor and I was like, man, he's big. And it wasn't just yeah. like six, six. I was like, he's stocky. He's going to be a problem to deal with and broad shoulders. Yeah. He's, he's, he's exactly what you would want. If you're looking for a heck of a piece to, to take your team to the next level. And then I'm just shocked. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for everyone watching live. I feel like I'm going to say that word 30 times, but I'm just shocked. He's not getting some more love, some more respect because the dude can play. And it does not take long if you've watched his last stretches of games. He looks like an NBA guy that's going to play for a long time and be a problem. Like You're going to look up and be like, gosh, if your team drops him, you're like, man, we got so lucky getting Jalen. Like, this is great. Or if you're playing against him, you're like, dude, this dude's a problem. So I just, I love what I've seen. I think he's taking huge steps in the right areas right now where like the confidence is growing, his outside shots falling. He's picking apart defenses in the mid range and he's confident off the bounce. And like you say, he, he can just do some damage um, by himself. And I don't care what anyone wants to say, like the NBA gets heavy with the ISOs. So, I mean, if you can succeed on that level, you're going to be able to find some early success. And I still believe like no offense to that Indiana team, but 
Jalen going to the next level, you put NBA guys around him with additional spacing, he's going to be even more dangerous. Mm. Here's go Hoosiers, by the way. <laughs> Here's the uh, the the only other thing I would like to see a little bit more of, and I don't know if we're going to see it this year. I don't know if maybe the numbers say I'm wrong, and the you know it's just me going off the eye test. And, but I think it's, and I don't think it's necessarily him because I think sometimes he gets the ball up the floor quick and into their half court set. But I want to see like the transition, like I want to see the, the the pace pushed a little bit more because I think you, know, you look at him as a passer and you like, I kind of feel like his assist number should be a little bit higher. Now he's yeah. also playing with a, a playmaker like trace who is, is generating a lot of the offense and they're running a lot of stuff through him. Uh, but I feel like in the NBA with like in this era where people just want to push the pace and, and have that ball swinging around, I, I feel like he can get the ball at the floor and just make stuff happen in transition. And again, it could be a stylistic thing with Indiana and maybe I'm just completely wrong. And their numbers say they, run the ball up the court all the time. I, I don't think so, but uh, I think they, they like getting into their half court sets and, and, you know, getting it down into the post and, and doing a lot of stuff there. But I think that's going to be something he's going to have uh, with him at the next level. And something that could bring out a little bit more of him as a playmaker. Cause you know, you look at his like assist percentage, I think it's around like 25% or something. Like it's pretty good. It's not like Sharif Cooper or anything. And, um, I don't think he's going to be a guy who has like that crazy absurd 40% assist percentage, but I, I think he's a guy who should be more in that like 32, 33% range. And, you know, I think maybe getting that ball up the floor a little bit more often could, uh, could help that. Do you have anything else uh, about his offensive game that you want to touch on before we, we get to the defense? No, I, I mean, I'm like you. I don't, when I saw Indiana play against Arizona, I just feel like, and he didn't play in that game, but I felt like they were just all over the place when it came to transition. I was like, man, it'd be really nice to have a uh, controlled guy that could run the tempo right now and figure things out. But um, I'm like you. I, I I think he's got the tools to be a really unique weapon in transition, especially with his size and his smoothness. But um, that's also, you got to take into consideration of the situation he's in. I mean, maybe this is just a tease of what type of player he could be at the next level. So I'm right there with you. Um, you know, push the damn ball. Let's, let's get up the court. Let's go. We like fast offense yeah. here. That's, that's everyone knows that about us. Let's talk about his defense. Um, where are you at with him as a defensive prospect? I mean, <sighs> First of all, ever since you brought this up, I can't get it out of my head. He has the plus four wingspan is going to get me into some dangerous thoughts. And I'm usually it's not a reported a plus four wingspan, but and I'm usually not a wingspan guy. But plus four just makes me even more confused about why no one's talking about it. Um, I'm not too worried, but hit me with it. Talk to me, Goose. I, I, I think he's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think I, this is why I've never wavered and why I think I, uh, you know, I, I have him as a, a lottery level guy um, when most outlets aren't even considering him this year. And you know, maybe, maybe those outlets are right. Maybe they have the intel, um, but I don't care about the intel. I care about what my eyes are telling me and they're telling me he's a damn good player who is probably going to be coming out this year. He's big and strong. Um, if that plus four is right, he's long. But even if he's not super like, even if he's, you know, even just positionally, that's perfectly fine length for the the spots he's going to be guarding. And he's got the, uh, you know, the weight on him to be able to, you know, bang up with, you know, maybe some threes. Uh, and I think he's got the feet to stay with, you know, ones um, as a pick and roll defender because he's so strong. And I just think he's a, a, a smart cerebral guy, uh, cerebral guy. I think he could, you know, he knows when to step over and he, I think he does a good job navigating screens, um, off the ball. You know, I, I think that he's not anybody who's coming over from the weak side and, and swatting your shot. Obviously he hasn't registered one, um, block the entire season, but I think he's got, you know, a, a good recognition of when he's supposed to be shifting into the pain on the weak side, when he's supposed to be sticking on, you know, strong corner on the strong side, you know, when he's supposed to be shifting into splitting the difference on the weak. I, I think he's got good recognition of that. When you, if you just focus on him, you know, he's, 
keeping his head on a swivel. Like it's all good stuff. Do I think he is going to be Marcus smart? I do not. Um, but I think that he's got the requisite size and physical traits to be able to go up and down and be versatile um, as a switchable defender. And I think he's got, you know, the basketball feel and IQ to, you know, be a, a, a guy who's not going to tear apart your, your defense when he's playing off of the ball. So I'm positive on it. And again, I think he's, this makes him a two way player who has the ability to go get you a bucket or run your offense and be a good defender. And that's why I think that this guy is going to be a guy that everyone's going to be like, man, this guy really rose up the board once we got into conference play. And it's like, yes, maybe he should have just been there the whole fucking time. I I feel when he started to get some confidence and I was like, man, if he puts together a stretch in conference play, this dude's going to be sizzling. And then we got all those, you know, mainstream mock drafts, big boards. And I was like, what, what did this guy do? Did he insult everyone? Like, I just have been confused and now he's really heating up. I'm like, okay, everyone needs to start talking again. We need to have a conversation, but this is now becoming the the number one guy I want to ask around about when you're talking to scouts or guys around the league. And it's going to be fascinating because I'm right there with you. I think the defense is solid enough to where I'm not worried at all. And unfortunately <laughs> I'm getting to a point with Jalen where I'm like, I like a lot of stuff. Like, were, were we overly concerned because he's a smart basketball player who understands the game? You could see he's aware on both sides of the ball. And I I think it's just going to be one of these guys. Like, are we going to overthink Jalen moving forward? Like, is that is this going to be the guy in this class that everyone's overthinking? And we're just like, well, you know, he, he looks solid, but yeah, like, he's, well, not what, se- he's not sexy. Yeah, it's right, like, like, that, that's fine. That happens in every class. You know, Keegan Murray was that guy for most of the year last year. Um, and there's just always one guy. Where it's Halliburton like, oh, was that guy. Yeah. Scotty Barnes was that guy. Those are three pretty good names, if you want to put it that way. Uh, so I'm are, I'm not, are we putting them in that conversation? No, I don't I mean, think so. I don't think be- so. No, I'm saying he's... <laughs> a baby. He's becoming one are of the Are we ready guys. to get wild? I mean, yeah, basically, I'm, already, I'm always ready. He's becoming a safe guy in my eyes. And that is, uh, let me stress, that has to be with like a clear, the back is not an issue. He's got a clear bill of medical health. But if his back's messed up, I haven't seen it in the last couple of games. Like <laughs> he just dropped 33 in college. I mean, and that was with, I think, TJD had uh, 18. Oh my 20, God. <laughs> eight, or no, that game he had 30 and nine. But uh, still, I love how they lost Iowa with 66 points. Um, 63 <laughs> points, but I, I just, I'm, I'm in a weird place now. Cause I'm like, Jalen's checking all the boxes I want to see right now. And if he can keep this up, because when you're on this much of a heater, yes. you're going to have a comeback down to earth game. But if mm-hmm. he's, if his comeback down to earth game is 15, six and four, I'm going to be like, okay, all right, right. So this is great. Here's something that has weighed heavily into kind of my evaluations this year with guys and it's like does the median outcome of this man allow them to play in a conference finals so not their ceiling but they don't bust out can this guy play in a conference finals that's a good one not the first round where you know the number one team you're you're the eight seed in the east and you know, Giannis and the Bucks come and just wax you in four games, right? Can you be on a conference finals team if you just hit like your median to like maybe slightly above outcome? And I kind of think the answer is yes. Because oh, if I, he's just yeah. if, if he's just a guy who, you know, is gonna get you into your offense, knock down shots off the catch, maybe, you know, he hits uh, you know, pull up jumper every once in a while and plays defense on the other end is switchable. That's a guy who you can count on to play in a conference finals. Maybe not as a starter, but maybe as uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe as a starter. He could be a starter. He could be a bench guy. Whatever. Like he can come in and do his job. Can this guy play in a conference finals? My answer is yes. So that's something for me that I gotta weigh heavily. He he fits the trend of the league. 
He's a guy I think I'm going to be able to trust uh, down the line. He fits into a ton of roster construction, and he has some potential that I think is being slept on because this is a guy who can hit tough shots off of the bounce from multiple levels. So just, I, I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what everyone else is missing. I, I, I know what I see. Maybe I see, maybe we're seeing it wrong, and everybody else is just like, this is obvious. He, just, he doesn't have the on-ball juice. I don't know, but this is a guy that I think has to start heating up or, you know, we're just, every time he does something, we're just going to have to, you know, have Paige or you throw on the Mugatu clip on, on, on Twitter to let everybody know that like it's happening again. Like, and why is nobody shouting it from the rooftop? I, I feel like I need to, you know, if he has another strong game, I feel like I'm just going to clip a tornado siren going off for an hour and just be like, what are we doing? Everybody wake up. And, and it's, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be fine if I'm wrong. If everyone says I'm crazy and, you know, it's like, no way, he's not going to be a one and done. And I'm going to be like, okay, fine. I will be on that street alone. I've done it before and it is lovely this time of the year. I love <laughs> being on that street. Plenty of real well, estate. You you live out west where it's warm out. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it it's just, you. if you're telling me, let's say he ends up shooting 40% from three for the year. And you're telling me I've got a six-six combo guard with handles, playmaking ability, can space the floor, get to his shots, smart, and he's not a liability defensively. Yeah, I'd be pretty pumped to take that in the first round anywhere. Like, I you just he just I to answer your question from before, absolutely, I could see him being an X factor in a final series, and and it's just. That's the type of player teams continue to try to find is plus size combo guards with versatility on both sides of the ball that just know how to play the game, know where to put themselves, know how not to force shots, know how to get to their zones that make them a higher threat or, you know, more successful and also put teammates in those positions and, Mm -hmm. and know how to balance the two. And I think that's what we're seeing from Jalen lately. And, um, I'm excited to see what he keeps doing because he's got some serious momentum cooking. And if he has a four-point game next game, I'm probably just going to collapse. We can call this segment Worst Take. Yeah, uh, great. If we want. Because, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe this is a breakout that we we clip because I'm, I'm so obnoxiously wrong three years down the line. Yeah. So we'll call this, this Worst Take. And I, I put this into the group chat. I think there's a world where... Jalen Hood Scafino is the second best guard that comes out of this draft class. I, I I'm agreeing with you and everyone wants to be everyone on YouTube live with us right now is probably like, you guys are insane. And I'm like, yes, shout out to you. everybody. Shout, shout out, out to everybody. I love the chat. I've missed the chat. You know, I need to get Metcalf to do more live stuff, but he's not a live guy. I don't think he's a live guy. <laughs> What's, what is What is there not to be a live guy about? It's the same know. thing. We, you, there's just people you know, interacting. Yeah, I understand, you know, but that, that I love fans. I want to talk to them all the time. You guys ask good stuff. I, I don't think you're crazy with that take at all. Um, and, and when you first said that this morning, you know, I hadn't had my coffee and then I sat down and looked at some well, of the you're names. You're three hours behind. No, yeah. I mean, I just chugged another one. So I looked at some of the names and I'm like, it's, you know, I love Casey Wallace. Is it, unrealistic for him to be above him. No, it's not. And I was like, I like Anthony black a lot, but I was like, Jalen's not that far off. And if he keeps playing like this, um, you're going to enter a very interesting conversation with some of these names. It's like, well, he's six, six. He's got the versatility. I mean, if that's what I'm continuing to say, if he finishes 50, 40 um, on the year with his playmaking ability, I, I just, this is going to get a very interesting conversation, but Intel season, this is, this is where you, you get your money's worth when you have some good connections that know some dirt. We, uh, we used to, and we'll bring it back when we, when the draft order is set, but we used to do the, um, you know, like what team do you think would be like the best fit? And I'm only bringing this up because our guy, uh, Pierre in the chat was like, um, when I asked the conference finals question, he responded, yes, don't let Phoenix get him. Oh gosh. What a perfect fit. <laughs> Who is at, uh, 
right now on Tankathon, they're at 16 well, as they sit at 500 and would be, you know, the perfect successor to Chris Paul. Uh, imagine Jalen Hood Scafino sitting behind CP3 for a year or two before he's able to take over and be Devin Booker's backcourt mate. I, like that's exactly like that's he, the, the Suns are at 16 right now. Like just the absolute perfect spot. What if you put him, um, you know, next to an Anthony Edwards or a, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, we don't need to get into that. Let's go, let's go into our, our, you know, if you bought stock in Jalen Hood Scafino, who may you have bought stock in previously segment, which is where we do our player comps. Cause you know, you were about to rattle one off, but uh, I told you, you can't spoil uh, the format of the show. This is my show. <laughs> uh, so, I'm just excited to be here. Okay. It's been a minute. So I'm giving you the floor now. Who, who was the guy that was coming to mind when you were going on your soliloquy? Well, what I was trying to bring up, and I'm glad you stopped me because I would have just been a disaster in the player comp. Cause everybody knows this about me. I hate player comps. I don't do them. Well, I'm terrible at them because it's, you know, I don't want to compare them to someone. They're unique. They're special. Um, if you bought stock in this guy last year, why would you not buy stock in Jalen? And my name I have to bring up is there was a six, 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 seven um, rumor that he grew to six, eight guard that got drafted in the top 10 last year. That was also very similar on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm talking about Dyson Daniels. So if you bought stock in Dyson Daniels last year, were you buying it just because of the defense upside or were you buying it because of what he's growing into as an offensive guy? And you could argue Jalen's way ahead of him offensively right now. Now, defense, Dyson's a special, special prospect. 100%. Going to be a problem um, in a couple of years, if not already. But, you know, this is what we're talking about. Guy just went eighth. He's 6'6", combo guard with length, upside, smooth stroke from outside. And and I think Jalen's on this path of being more advanced offensively. And he's not going to probably reach where Dyson will potentially be as a defensive weapon, but just another guy. I, I still believe if you have that versatility with plus size at your position, teams are going to be hunting for you. And it would not shock me if all of a sudden we get three, you know, reports of, Oh, Jalen's scorching up the draft boards. He's now projected 18th again. It's like, okay, yeah, here we go. Now we're starting yep. to make sense. But until then I'm going to be Mugatu. I, I just am convinced that's going to be me. All right. I, I like that one. I'm proud Give me of a better you. One. Give me a better one. Yeah, that's well, probably few. the best one I've had since you know the '80s. I <laughs> wasn't born, I, guys. What a time! What a time! What a time! Um, <laughs> Motley Crue is sick live. Uh big big birth year for me in '86. Mets won the World Series. Giants won the Super Bowl. So big New York year. Who won the finals in the NBA? Thanks, appreciate it. Next okay. caller. <laughs> <laughs> so I have three. Um, which I think are all different kinds of outcomes. All right. Um, Jumbo Tyus Jones. Okay. Right. I mean, uh, cerebral guy. You could trust him. Not going to be the first, you know, the guy who's on the posters or the social media posts necessarily, but he's a guy you want on your squad, except he's six, 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 five, six, six. Were you the most proud of that one? Or was that your last one? I think I'm pretty proud of all of these equally, to be honest. Okay. And one of them, okay. one of them, I, uh, I, I think I kind of came up with because of uh, Pierre and Albert in the chat uh, and their Knicks fandom. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Yes. Now we're now we're talking. Okay. Now we're cooking with gas. I appreciate now, this. Thank now you. Brogdon, I think, is a guy I trust as a shooter more. Like he's a guy who's 90 percent at the free throw line on top of his 50, 40, 90 stuff. Uh, but just the way they play, their size, how you could use them doesn't have to be your main guy, but you definitely could have a night where he's got it cooking and you're like, oh, Brogdon went for 30 tonight in a playoff game, right? You you trust, as a Celtics fan, do you trust Malcolm Brogdon in a conference finals game? Oh my gosh, I couldn't be more excited. If, if he's healthy, watching that dude play basketball has been an absolute joy this year, except every time he shoots a three, I kind of have a stroke. That form, <laughs> form is fascinating. So I don't know how he shoots so efficiently. It makes me feel like my shot's way better than it is. So yeah, I absolutely love Malcolm Brogdon. That's a good one. That's a very, yeah. very good one. Uh, and then the last one, which Albert's just rattling off uh, Nixon 
in the chat live. Shout out to uh, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Uh, he who's a little to say John Starks. I'm gonna he... literally turn it off. <laughs> no, he's throwing out uh, Marty Collins type players right now. Which is why Albert is is the goat of the if you bought stock in segment. But here's here's the other guy who I think is going to be a twenty or should be a twenty twenty three NBA All Star. That's Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly the way he plays the game, and it, it's why I loved Brunson at Nova. It's why I was like, "Hey, Brunson's going to figure it out in the NBA and play for a damn long good time." It's why I also was like, "The Knicks would be smart to go get Jalen Brunson. They need Jalen Brunson because everyone, you know, Brunson wasn't the." sexiest free agent signing the Knicks ever had, but he was exactly, he's what you need to get to the next level. You need those guys that will play with pace and get everybody in position and they make everyone better. And you're seeing what Brunson's done for the Knicks already. And I, I think that Jalen has the same potential to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and obviously like Jalen is a more like actualized version of what we're hoping. Yes or Jalen Brunson is of what we were hoping Jalen Hudskafino could be um, in that, like, you know, the footwork in the post and the finishing and, and, and all of that. But just as uh, Jalen Brunson's never sped up, he gets anywhere he wants. He can knock down the three, but he's fine pulling up off a, a screen and, you know, burying a mid range shot and the drop bigs face always at, his own pace you never have to really worry uh, about his decision making unless he's up uh at the free throw line with a chance to you know uh, hit a big free throw and and, and you know demar Derozan comes over and says whispers a little sweet nothing in his ear you know other than that you never have to worry about anything uh going wrong with him but that's a guy i think that jalen hood scafino should aspire to and just watch a million hours of film on because I think there are a lot of uh, similarities between their games. Only Jalen Hutzkafino is like four to five inches taller than him. So, you know, he, ha- he has that added bonus. And that's why I think that this is a guy that really has a ton of potential. Because this is, you know, uh, of course, the, the athletic dynamic guard is always going to get people's attention. And you- you're always going to think, all right, that's a guy who has superstar upside. Um, but you know, that's also the reason that Shea Gilgis Alexander went at the back end of the lottery and not the top five, because people didn't buy into the fact that this is a guy who can get to any spot on the floor he wants, regardless of the fact that he's not moving a million miles an hour, you know, like, and I'm not comping Jalen hood to SGA because, uh, you know, projecting anybody to score 30 points a night <laughs> and become one of the craftiest players in the league is, you know, kind of really insane to aspire to, but. where they fall to i'm back sorry i don't, I don't know no, if I, it's cool my audio did my audio go out there yeah you went out for a second i was about to be like all right that's it let's get real i'm gonna yes i'm gonna <laughs> solo this <laughs> yeah what i'm saying is there's a reason that um you know these guys go lower than they should in the draft and then they outperform their draft stock well we should just be projecting them to be you know at this level to begin with because craft and speed and iq and feel and skill and side like that's these are all the things the nba loves and that's what jalen hudskafino represents to me so we did an entire hour on why this dude is uh gonna be um a guy that should be on your radar this minute and not when you know bleacher report and espn uh, eventually come crawling back to the jhs mania that uh, i think is gonna happen um even if he starts tapering off so uh, Rucker, I'm going to give you the floor now because you, you know, you wrote a piece. We touched on it earlier, but I want you to do all of the plugs as we gracefully exit uh, and end this show. Um, follow me at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. Go to no ceilings It's absolutely free. We got some fun stuff um, on the horizon. I think we're going to get an updated mock draft and big board soon. Um, gosh, what else? We got a lot of crap working on. Um, good crap. 
We got midterms. I got the I got the bad crap. The Name bad the movie. Crap. Name the oh, movie. Gosh. Oh, uh, Celtic Pride. Thank um, you. Yeah, that one almost that would have ruined me if I didn't get that. But um, go to our YouTube channel. We've got midterms, mid season highlights of all of the. We're probably going to do about fifty um, draft prospects, so you can get caught up on your film dives in a hurry. What else, Corey? Gosh, what else? Oh, me and you might have a little bit of a OTE yes. piece on the horizon after Corey's got one more that he's cooking, though, that I'm really right. excited about. Twinning. Yeah, twins. And twins. twins. <laughs> um, I think that's all I got for now. Oh, go, you know, podcast tomorrow. I'm recording with Metcalf. Great guy. Right here. We're going to have on this fun. feed. Yeah, on this feed. Go check it out. Other Show than up. That, same time, same place. Yeah, same time, same place. I promise we'll be there. Yeah, uh, I'm right. That's it, right? Like we have a million things going on. I'm writing about Keontae George uh, next week for my prospect chemistry series uh, piece that I'm very excited about because uh, I love me some Keontae George. And, you know, this I've been fighting for him in, in our group chat with with some of the guys. And, and that's what I love about the No Ceilings group chat and, and this crew is that we all have different opinions and we can bounce stuff off each other. Um, but this is something I'm going to the grave with is my love for Keontae George. And, uh, I hope that piece does it justice. Other than that, make sure you tune into the no ceilings NBA draft show tomorrow for, uh, Tyler and Tyler. This has been the draft act NBA draft show. We will be back next Thursday. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed and either Tuesday or Wednesday, if you're watching this on YouTube and hopefully my co-host Albert will be back and healthy. You know, if you listen last week, he was powering through that pod, but he's still a little bit under the weather. Uh, I know he's working on something for next week as well. So that's no ceilingsmba.com. You can find all of the stuff there. It's free. Thank you once again for rocking with us until next time we out. Peace.